All right. I got another water. Somebody took care of me today, I guess. I knew I'd be... Yeah, these, these days, I, uh, I appreciate... Oops, I don't want to knock anything over. Uh, or Tommy's uh, stuff. He'll get, he'll get me. Um, these are the days that I really appreciate everything everybody does even more than I normally do. Because when Wayne's not here and Fred's not here and um, air conditioning and all, <laughs> right? Um, we're running around like crazy. And... Um, so just uh, there's some people who are here every week, and of course Teresa's away, and she usually helps. And first week without Nicole, so it's like everybody's like ah this week. Um, so but er, you know a lot of times you guys see a lot of people. I just wanted to say today, like every week, um, how you can hear me is Andy Dempsey is back there all the time doing an awesome job, um, and next to him is his sidekick Melinda Apprentice, and Melinda's been our AV person, and she keeps it rolling back there and. Um, all the people who do set up, Tom and Jim and praise team and everybody else. Uh, hopefully, uh, Gary comes in and makes sure you got everything. And there's a lot of kids who set up and do everything else. Uh, um, today, I, I greatly appreciated them as I'm, um, it seems like I'm back in year one when I'm playing guitar and doing all this other kind of stuff. But, uh, and, I, and I miss Wayne, too, because he, uh, he really takes the leadership. Tommy, this week, Tommy got a lot of the songs together, Jill and everybody, so, and Thomas, so it's cool. These guys uh, are 52 weeks a year, and they, they still love doing it, and they haven't yelled at me yet for, for getting involved, so it's good. So how you doing? Good, awesome. So today we are going to talk about being offended. Does that sound like a good thing to talk about? Anybody ever been offended? Okay, who's been offended? I was going to say, has anybody been offensive, I guess, but um, the person next to you, you can do that. Um, I'm going to pass something out. Uh, I thought I had them right here. I, I lost them. Anybody? There were some little, oh, here they are right here. I'm going to pass some of these out. I want you to take one, but I don't want you to do anything with them yet. So just, you can open them up, pass them back. Take one and hold on to it, everybody here. Yes, they are name, name tags, but don't do anything with it yet, because I have a method to my madness, all right? So just, you can open them up. Yeah, here we go. You can help open it up here in the baby section here. We've got the cute babies. Okay, so you can pass that back. You can start there. Um, okay, so um, we, are gonna, we have been talk, doing this series called um, Alter Image. And if you're joining us for the first time, uh, the rest of them are online if you want to hear them. Uh, and, what we, and I didn't misspell it. Um, again, I like to tell people. But in the Old Testament... Um, an altar is a place where you slay something um, or lay it down or sacrifice it. And this is an example of an altar. If you ever read in the Bible and it talks about the horns of the altar, all the altars had these things on the side, and that's what they called horns of the altar. Um, and our image is basically what you think about yourself. If you have an image, um, if you have a positive self-image, then you have a what view of yourself? A good, if you have a negative self-image. If you have a warped image, okay, yeah, something's going on. So um, this is where we have been. So I wanted to do a little rewinding because we've been basing a lot on this verse from Romans chapter 12, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Stop. Is that not hard to do, to be conformed? Because the world places you in that way. I mean, I would love to not have to care about money at all. Wouldn't it be cool? But... That's the way the world is, right? I would love not to have to pay bills. Anybody? How many of you would love not to have to go to work tomorrow? 
okay? But guess what? Sorry, we're conformed to some nature. Um, but in other ways, like in just in our lifestyle, we're so conformed. And in many ways, there are, you know, we are so different from the early church and the things that they did by where they came together so that no one in their, in their group was in need. Um, and, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his ple- pleasing and perfect will. Uh, many times we look at ourselves in a different way. I'd say most of us look in a different way than God thinks of us. So let's look at some of where we've been. First week we talked about inadequacy. Um, those of you who are here remember that. We talked about how we get inadequate by people telling us we're going to be nothing or we have feelings of inadequacy even by tell- people telling us we're awesome and fantastic and we're afraid of failure. And we had some of those. Last week, during 4th of July weekend, we talked about control and freedom. How many of you are controlling? You know, it was really, really funny. The number of people that told me that as you walked out of church, somebody, you started to say something to someone and you went, Oh, I'm not really controlling, but I don't really mean anything. How many of you caught yourself this week being controlling? Anybody? Where you say, where you say something, well, why don't you go? And then you start saying, ah, you know, it's just kind of, we, and we're so used to controlling. And I found myself saying and doing things that I'm like, I just talked about this this week. So uh, we have those, control and freedom. Today we're going to talk about being offended um, and offending others. And we're going to talk about that. And the last week of the series, we are going to talk about our need for approval or approval need. Anybody here like to be needed or needs that approval in your life? Like you do something. How many of you have ever done something incredible, awesome? You spent hours, days, months, years. You put it together and people go and for like five minutes and then they leave and you go and they say nothing. How many of that does that just crumble you? Okay, there's something in us that likes this approval need. So we are going to say, as I look, look at being offended. Um, so how many of you can think of something that offends you? Okay. Um, how many of you can think of how you've offended somebody else? All right, there we go. Um, one of the things that offends me a lot is people's driving ability, or should I say in, inability to drive. And it's, there's something like when I get behind the wheel, I become road range man at times, you know. Um, one of those things is, like, I am one of those people, like, when it bottlenecks up, I'm one of those people when I'm driving, I'll look and I'll let somebody in, but I expect, like, a, hey, you know, like, I expect, like, this or a nod or something, and I love, not really, but I love when, you know, somebody, you let somebody in, or you may let somebody's in, and then the people behind you really want to choke you because you've let like three or four cars in, if you're one of those people, and none of them do anything. And there's this thing that wells up in me like, you jerk, you would still be sitting on the side of the road with your engine overheating if I hadn't had, let, with my graciousness, let you in. Am I right? And then, you know, like the other people that really bother you when you're driving, when you're on those roads, the people that decide they want to make the shoulder the road, and don't you hate if you're the person who's making the shoulder, your, the shoulder of your road, and that one person kind of just sticks that bumper out there? How many of you are that person? You know you're here, right? Don't you just want to go, you know, and there's probably a guardrail there. They knew just when to do it, because if not, you'd slap it in four wheels, and you're right through there, and ha, 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 you know, right? And so we have these kind of things. Um, 
you know, you want them to, and then the worst is when you let somebody in and they're going and they slow down or when you're driving down the road and somebody whips out really quickly and they go like 35 miles an hour. Where are you going to so slow that you had to cut off my life, you know? We have these kind of things. Those kind of things offend me and drive me crazy. Um, Just a thank you wave would be good. It's interesting to me how my blood boils. You know, I realized I don't bite my fingernails any other time except for when I'm behind the car. Anybody else like that? I've realized, and I have no fingernails. That tells you what's going on in in the car when you're with me. All I need is a thank you or a wave for my gracious, godly actions um, in letting you in. Now, the rest of you who are holy people that don't feel that way, go shine your halo somewhere because the bottom line is there are things that just get my blood boiling that offend me in life. What about you? Um, Maybe it's someone who's very short with you. Like you ask somebody something, they say, yep, nope, okay, bye. And then you start to say, who do they think they are? I call them to grace them with my to grace them with my presence and my voice, and they just cut me off like that. Or like when you walk up to a place, a counter, and you ask for something, and they're like, you know, like, excuse me, you know, does anybody get that aggravated with that? Or you, anybody ever dealt with customer service? And and you hold and you go, and now they don't even they. They don't get to you until you talk to 50 computer things and have to dial your phone number and social security in on the keypad, you know. I think I've memorized ABC, you know, which ones have letters because, didn't you love that too? That's another thing that annoys me. One, A, B, you're trying to spell somebody's name or something on there. Um, You have that. Or maybe it is when you send someone a text and they don't reply. Me. Um, Like some... Somebody will give you, how many of you write books when you write a text? How many of you do that? Like write a whole novel when you do that? You annoy me also, okay? <laughs> Texting was made for blip and go, right? How many are with me? If you believe me, say amen. All right. If you have that much to say, call me. I don't need an email in my text. Or you're the other person that has 50 billion things to say, but you can only say it in brief sentences. Bling, 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 bling. You know what I mean? The ones who say, I just want to tell you this. Boom. But I forgot to say bling. Boom. I'm like, enough. How can you block this person? Or better yet, just drop a house on them. You know what I mean? Something that, I mean, just, you know, two to three sentences are fine. You can even use little short smiley faces. I'm cool with that. But just not the, just not paragraphs, okay? Um, Or you just don't answer them at all. Or what else? When you do something really wrong and they don't say they're sorry. One of the things I always tell my children, I'm like, no, no, you're going to apologize. You need to learn to apologize. And something to them at times, they just don't want to. And I just, you say you're sorry. I'm not going to. Yeah, you are. Because I just, that's one of my pet peeves. I have never liked, you know, sorry goes a long way. He does. And even, I'm going to give you a secret here. You ready for Jack's secret? You ready for Jack's relationship get along secret? Here it is. You ready? I'm giving a good one here. Even if you don't think you're wrong, you can say, I'm sorry that you felt that way. Got that? 
You're not saying you're sorry for what you did, but they hear the term sorry. See, you guys are like, oh my gosh, that is a gold nugget, right? Okay, pass the plate around again, okay? Um, am I right? And people will go, oh, they said they're sorry. No, you didn't. You just said, I'm sorry you felt that way. I'm sorry for that misunderstanding. You're throwing that S word out. That's wonderful. But some people are just, no, I'm never going to apologize. So, Debbie, you can use it because he was out. So, you can tell you that. All right? So, there's another thing. Um, I talked about cutting off in traffic. We've dealt with that enough. Um, or, you know what? Um, one of the other things I love is, um, you ever been offended by how somebody addresses? <laughs> or doesn't dress? Like, you will go to the mall or even in church. Some people be like, you know, everything's out and, and up and down and out. And I'm like, holy mackerel, what's going on there, you know? And, you know, I mean, you, you know what I mean, am I right? Have anybody been to the ocean lately? Everything's hanging out. You know, I, they, I actually saw a video this week about the history of swimsuits. And ladies, do you know that in the 1800s, they actually had a little cabin on a wagon pulled by a horse that you would get into and that they would bring you down and let you get out and get into the water? That's why that song, Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny, what is it? Right. Do you remember the verse? She was afraid to come out of the what? She was afraid to come out of the locker. It was because it was the old style they were talking about way back when. She, and, and this bikini had come out, and she was like, ah, I didn't want anybody to see her. They used to bring a little shed for you down. Thank God I didn't have to go through that stage. I had to haul enough crap with all my kids, let alone a locker for Melissa and the, and the Three girls' lockers and my wife. No, thank you. You know? Um, but, you know, we, we have that that exists time and time again. Um, in the church world, it is often amazing to me how offended Christians get. Um, like, you'll, you'll find out, can you believe they go to that church? Can you believe that what that minister does? Can you believe they call themselves a Christian? My grandmother told me back in the early, uh, early days of telephone in Milton, Delaware, they had a party line. Anybody remember those? You're dating yourselves, okay? Um, so, but they had... They had a party line, and she remembered picking it up, and she said there were these two ladies that were in the church, and all they did every day was talk bad about the minister. <laughs> and she said, she'd pick it up, and she said, I just thought that was awful. And so she put it, she wouldn't say anything, because that's just who, who she was. But sometimes they do that. Or the other one that people say, I can't believe they use that version of the Bible. Okay, or I can't believe they wear that to church. You know, you've heard these things, right? We are so offended as Christians by other things that happen. And um, we get so easily offended. I saw, I I took a portion of this video, and I want you to ask, and I've put it together, I've put clips of it together today, because this is from a church, and this video came to me, and I want to ask you the question, what are you offended by in this video? Go ahead and please show this. Don't go to sleep while I'm talking. Hey, hey, hey! Don't, don't, don't you lay your head back. I, I'm, I'm important. I'm somebody. Now you might do your English teacher that way, but I'm not teaching English. I'm teaching eternal life here. I love you. You know I love you. Have I convinced you I love you? Uh, yeah. You better, th- you better nod your head. Yes. All right. Come on. Put it right there. All right. You stay awake and you listen to me. You say, well, he may never come back. Well, he ain't here now. <laughs> and where have you been? Mr. Underwood, 
And I noticed on the calendar I'm supposed to marry y'all. What makes you think I'd marry you? You're one of the sorriest church members I have. You're not worth 15 cents. And you want me to marry you to her? And you want to marry him? And he don't even know where he belongs? And you don't even know where you belong? Now, uh, let me tell y'all everybody here how much I love these kids. Do you know I love you, sir? Stand up, big boy. Do you know I love you? All right. All right, give me a little love. I'm a real deal. All right, I know you are too, but you ain't been here. Are y'all keeping the camera on me back there in the little video room? Good. We're having trouble in the video room. There's no one finer than young Cox back there. And he comes down here and spends hours in that thing. But he has a little attitude adjustment that we're going to fix. Brother Cox, you listening? Because, Mother Cox, I can fix your attitude adjustment. And I don't care what your mama thinks and your daddy thinks. And I don't have a better friend than your mama. But, Mama, you get out of my way when I'm messing with that boy because I'm his preacher. I'm, I'm yours when I'm talking to you. But I'm his when I'm talking to him. And last I checked, he's a grown man. And that video room ain't going to be a youth hangout. Well, if you don't know what you're doing wrong, son, you don't care about what I want to do right. Because if you loved me and you submitted to me, you'd know what my heart is and my message is, and you wouldn't go about establishing your own kingdom in the video room. All right. He'll be our guest speaker in no, just sure. <laughs> Wow, right? I mean, just a show of hands, how many of you would come back to that church? You would? You just, just for the show? Okay, yeah. But um, now let me ask you this. How many would leave there and never come back? All right. How many of you have ever met anybody similar to that? Not exactly like that in a church. Wow! Does that blow your mind? He's in the middle of preaching God's word and said, no, 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 don't you fall asleep on me, son. I'm the real deal, right? I am somebody. Wow. How do you go from Jesus as suffering servant to this guy who's a pastor who says, I'm the real deal. You are too, but you ain't worth 15 cents. How was that? You know, I'm, I was looking at that, and it, it went kind of viral for, you know, for pastor. What I think is funny is young Cox, the guy in the back in the uh, video room, he was still rolling with the video, wasn't he? I mean, I love that. He said, you got me on the video? You know, I mean, like, he, and they, they followed up with him, and he wasn't apologetic about it. And then he goes and says to the guy, he's going to marry him, and he's sorry, and you don't know where you are, and you don't... But he loves them? Now, wait a second here. I am greatly offended by this nonsense that the church does. Never, ever did I see Jesus go up to the woman um, who uh, caught in adultery and say, you ain't worth 15 cents, right? You're the sorriest woman I got here. You know, I didn't hear that. He didn't tell Peter, you're the worst person in all this group, you know? 
I'm the real deal, you're not, you know. What happens to us that we love to offend and we think, you know, it's an issue that he thinks he's right. And why are we so easily offended? What offends you? Why are we so easily offended? The bottom line is we are so easily offended because it's about our image. Our image is out of whack. We make things about us. Our image is insecure. We are insecure and we want to do certain things. We want to be right and in order for us, and we want to win. And in order for us to be right, somebody else has to be what? Wrong. And in order for us to win, somebody else has to lose. It's not about... Connecting to God is about winning, losing, right or wrong. And we are so insecure in ourselves, we don't like to be wrong. How many of you like to be wrong in your life? Nobody? Okay, good. That tells us the problem. This sermon's for everybody. Good. Um, we actually, I think part of our issue in life is we look to be offended. We look to be offended in life. We see somebody coming and we say, they're going to offend me and I'm going to... Get ready for it. Or we see somebody that we know about and we're like, if you walked into, say you went away on vacation and you walked into church and that was, your, that was the pastor up there, what are you going to wait for? Well, you're probably going to hit the door, right? But, but most of us are going to say, this sucker's going to offend us um, right away. We are going to look for, we look for ways to be offended. Some of us even have relationships that are based off of what we don't like. For instance, we'll group with people together that we have common thoughts together, and we'll look at everybody else and talk about how we don't like that, or how we don't like that, and that person calls themselves this and this and this, right? And we exist in that way so that we can talk about others. We are offended because we make it everything about us. Have you noticed that? That's why we are offended. Let's look at Proverbs 9, 11 up here. It tells us this great verse. It says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to, what does it say? Overlook and uh, what? Offense. So when we are offended, the book of Proverbs tells us to do what with it? Overlook it. Boy, that's so easy, isn't it? It is when we don't want to be right. For instance, in Hebrew, I believe I have the, um, the, up here, Hebrew, the word for overlook actually means what it says, to overlook. We, we use overlook in our vernacular here, but have you ever been to a scenic overlook? What does that mean? You gaze over top of everything, and we don't look at something and go, oh my gosh, I can't look at anything else because this is bothering me. We overlook it all, and that's what um, the Scripture tells us to do. So, here are some things I've learned in my life about being offended. And we have this on your bulletin, and again, if you don't connect to the CCPS, you can uh, QR code, uh, scan that, and you can just type on Facebook, and I'd love to see some more things on our Facebook page just so I can comment on them after church um, or later in the day. Number one, being offended is inevitable. Look at the person next to you and tell them, you're going to be offended. And then look at, look at the next person and say, I'm probably going to offend you. Okay, we don't like saying that one, do we? But let's look at this. Um, people, guess what? People will criticize you. Anybody ever been criticized by anybody? How many have been criticized by a coworker? How many have been criticized by a spouse? How many have been criticized by parents? How many of you have criticized a spouse or a significant other? How many of you have criticized somebody at your work? How many of you have criticized anybody in your family? 
goes both ways, doesn't it? It is inevitable. And those of you in leadership roles, guess what? You just stood up on the platform for criticism. I've been criticized over my ministry years for talking too long, too much, talking too less, praying too long, praying too short. Um, What else? For saying uh, the word okay too many times in a sermon. But I ticked her off before the sermon. Don't worry about that. Um, when you stand up, you will be offended. I know many of you. I see some teachers in here. Have you ever been offended by a parent or a student? Or dare I say administration? Yeah, you got it. Anybody else in the corporate world been offended? Guess what? It's inevitable. So guess what? Expect it. You're going to pull out of here today and somebody's going to cut you off and you're going to forget all this holiness and you sang about today and you're going to be like ready to... Give them one way, but it's not this one, right? Because they, you know why? Because driving is about you. It is about me on the road. You know what I mean? Let's look at what it says here. Um, People will second guess your decisions and your motives. Someone, um, people have said uh, offensive things to us all the time. Let's look at what it says here in Matthew chapter 8. Woe to the world. Everybody go with me. Woe. Okay, oh, you guys are good. You're ready. We're going to have to keep you in here forever. Um, you know, whoa, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you got it's like one of those words you feel, whoa, okay, whoa to you, to the world, because of what? Offenses, because of offending. For what? Offenses must come. That means it's going to come, but woe to that man to whom the offense comes. This is Jesus here. Jesus says, You're going to be offended. Offense is going to come. How are people going to offend you? People are going to offend you in two ways. They're going to offend you with the sins of commission. There are some people who are going to intentionally offend you. You know those people? You know where they stand. They are going to come up to you. They're going to tell you they don't like what you wear, how you smell, how you look, anything about you. They will tell you they don't like. Right? And then the next thing is, there's the ones that I think we do the most, sins of omission. Sins we offend people, but we don't even think about it. Like when we come up, we're really excited about something. Hey, guess what? I just did this. I bought this. I bought this new car. I'm really excited about it. Oh, it's blue. I like red. Don't mean anything about it, but you're just expressing your opinion. You know why? Because it's about you, right? You get it? And so we do that often, often throughout our lives. So that's, Jesus says, the offender is held accountable. So as I've said, We get offended, and we offend people, but as Christians, Jesus holds us accountable for offending others. So let's take a look here. Number two, being offended can also be good for us. Being offended can be good for us. How? In the midst of being offended, I've never said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that person hates me. I'm so glad they told me what they think of me. Um, I'm just thrilled. We've never, ever, I've never, ever said that, but when we look at this, it happens. So what we do, we go to Scripture. Let's look at Scripture. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there, but, um, and you, or you can mark down on your sheet, and we'll go there. There's a guy named Joseph in the Bible. You talk about being offended. Joseph, if you want to check about um, this section that we're talking about, um, Genesis 50, 19 through 20. That's the end of the story. Joseph had several brothers. He was a mama's boy. He got a nice little coat. 
His brothers saw him coming, hated it while they were outside laboring. When they saw him coming, they said, let's kill that sucker. And they said, no, no, no. Let's just dump him in a hole and we'll take his coat, put blood on it and say he got killed. So that's what they did. Meanwhile, Joseph had this whole story. He was a slave um, in the slave's house. The, uh, the slave who was a eunuch, liked, his wife liked the looks of Joseph. She chased him down and he ran so fast he ripped out of his clothes and ran away naked. She said he came in to try to sleep with her. So then he got thrown in jail while he was in there. He met the cupbearer and um, others for the king. So he, they forgot about him for several years. Went ahead, reminded him again. Boom, he came out. Um, he got in favor with the king, ended up be putting in second of everything in Egypt, and it all turned out well. And then there was a drought and a famine, and his brothers show up on his doorstep. Now, what are you going to do at that moment? I'm going to have some fun. And he did have a little bit of fun. But I, immediately I want to say, man, they did it to me. I've got I to tune these guys up. I'm going to make it painful. He messed with them. He put, like, treasures in their, in their sack of food and said they stole it and kept his brother and really messed with them. But then when it comes to this point, he reveals himself out of tears as he's just so grateful to see them. And then they go, oh, no, we messed up. And he says, he makes this statement. He says, no, 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 no don't be afraid. Because he could have killed every one of them. He said, don't be afraid. What you intended for bad, God intended for good. Now, I don't know. If my sister sold me in slavery for that, and I went through all that, I'd be wanting to punish her something severely. But you see, Joseph understood what it was for God and what, when we, we are offended, if that boils in us, it keeps that bitterness there, that even though he was justifiable, it was not right to be a godly person to do that. So he let that go. King David. King David had a son named Absalom who kind of took over Jerusalem for a while, revolted and kicked him out. As he was being kicked out, and you can see, um, you can see on your sheet here that, um, I don't think I have that one. Yeah, I do. It's 2 Samuel 6, 12. Uh, there's this guy named Abishai who starts throwing rocks at the king and starts yelling insults and spitting at him. Now, he's the king still, and this one guy sitting there said, um, I say we go cut that guy's head off. Just give me the word. I'll cut his head off. And look at what David's response is. No, let him alone. Let him curse. For so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look upon my affliction and the Lord will pray me good for his cursing this day. If somebody's spitting at me, and it says he followed him all along, yelling at him, spitting at him, and throwing rocks at him. That's pretty bad. When you have the power to lop off his head, that would be a tough decision there. Anybody else having a tough decision there? Okay. But David did what the godly thing was. You see, being offended is inevitable. It can be good for us. But here's something else that can happen. Um, being offended is a choice. Being offended is a, is a choice. When we look at being offended, there are several verses of Scripture. We can go back to Proverbs, which tells us that they're gonna, we're going to have these offenses, but we need to overlook them. When we have an ability to overlook them, that means we have an ability not to overlook them. So that means we have a choice there. Let's look at uh, James chapter 1, verse 19. It tells us to be slow to anger. Look at that verse in your, in your Scripture. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be what? Quick to listen and slow to become, slow to become what? I don't know about you, but I usually reverse those. I am slow to listen. You ever been talking with somebody and you're like a million miles away, you're like on the beach somewhere, 
It's like, it's like listening to Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Anybody there? And so, but we should, be, we should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to be angry. Because human anger does not produce what? The righteousness of God. And so when we look at this, we have a choice between that slow to listen and that, I mean, that slow to speak and that anger. We have a, we have a, a, a I guess, a, a litmus test, a, a whole uh, scale in there where we can decide how angry we want to be and how, we, how much. You know what happens when we're offended? When we get quickly angry and we do these things, guess what it does to us? We give somebody else control of our lives. And it happens time and time again. All right, so we have that. Okay, so I'm going to ask you this question. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Because that's what we ask when we're offended. Who do you think you are? I'm the real deal, right? You know? Um, so when we look at this, let's look at the Scripture. Romans chapter 2, um, verses Chapter 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. There's that altar, right? See that altar there? Living sacrifice. Lay your life down, all the stuff to it. That's our, our verse. And then you know his, his true and proper uh, worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his Good, pleasing, and perfect will. We dealt with that at the beginning. Now let's look at what it continues. For by the grace given me. Say that with me. For by the what? Grace given me. That is undeserved favor. Has anybody received God's grace? Has, in other words, what I'm saying, has there ever been a situation that you have done something against God or against something else and you were shown mercy? And you were forgiven. Okay, so here we go. For the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, not just a couple of you, every one of you. I say to every one of you. um, Excuse me. um, Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Oh my, there he's dealing with the image, isn't he? Or we could also say ego. There he's dealing with our image. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. And then what does it say and continue? But think of yourself rather in sober judgment, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. Why? Because of God's grace, um, we have several things that happen. Because of God's grace, here's some things that we're going to learn from this. Because of uh, the grace of Jesus Christ to me, I will, number one, give others the benefit of the doubt. Give others the benefit of the doubt. What does that mean? Um, We say it a lot Um, because I have been forgiven so much because I have had the grace of God. Then I, in turn, must extend that grace elsewhere to others. Let's look at this verse from Ephesians chapter four. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be what with each other? Patient. Ah, Don't you hate that? Um, I will be patient with each other, making what? Allowances. That means giving people a leeway. For each other's good stuff? No, for their faults because of your love. Let's look at that again. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance. That allowance thing is a sliding scale at times, isn't it? Depending on who is. What I've realized is when people offend us, that scale gets, that allowance gets shorter and shorter, doesn't it? But that's not what it says. If somebody's offended you, give them a shorter allowance. It says, no, no. Give Give somebody else the allowance that God has given you. That stinks, doesn't it? 
don't like this. Let's just erase that out of the Bible. What do you say? And like, we can go back to being who we want to be. So we have that there. Um, Ep- uh, Epictetus. Everybody know that guy? He's a Greek philosopher and thinker. And here's what he said. It's right there in your bulletin. When you are offended by any man's fault, turn to yourself and study your own failings. Then you will forget your anger. Wow. It's amazing somebody that long ago can still give us something that's very fitting and, and real for today. It's exactly what, what was said in Ephesians. We, and exactly what was said in Romans, that we don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. So, um, you know, here's one of the things that we have, and I have this on your bulletin. We judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Let me, let me give you an example of this. We say to somebody, oh, look what Jeff did. Oh, my gosh. Did you see that? Did you see what Donna did? Did you hear what she said? Oh, and Debbie, oh, my gosh. Right? But then when something goes wrong with us, we say, you know, I had really wanted to go ahead and help you move, but you know, things came up. I, you know, my, my, my full heart and intention was ready to help you lift that piano. Well, a lot of good that heart does, you know, when you're lifting a piano by yourself. You know what I mean? And we make allowances for things that we don't do. We make more allowance for ourselves and because we had an intention to do it, didn't we? And so that's how we exist often in life. We make allowances for our own um, motives, uh, but we judge others by their actions. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, we've, we've had that before. I, you know, like I said, I get really angry when I'm driving and when people don't drive and you yell at the window, what did you get your license from Sears and Roebuck or, you know, like that kind of stuff. That was an old one. That was a big catalog. It was like the internet and paper. Um, so, um, but, you know, some of you are like, catalog, what's that? Okay. Um, something you look through on an iPad now. Um, so, um, remember how excited you used to get when that would come at Christmas time? And you'd fold all the pages down, and your parents wouldn't buy any of it. It was great. So, no, just joking. They, got, they did. Um, I still wanted the Batmobile. I never got it. Um, so if you buy me a real-life Batmobile, I will be your friend forever. Um, how did I get there? Uh, but anyway, um, I'm the real deal. Um, you know, I get so aggravated. Again, back to driving. I get so aggravated when people ride up the shoulder and I'm sitting in traffic. But I've done it before. Anybody else done it? You know, and, and they're, they're yelling and aggravated at me. Um, we do this. I could go on and on about time and time again that I've been aggravated, and it's by something that I've done. Anybody ever jump to a conclusion, and you're, you're slamming that person in the ground, like, they're the most evil. They're Satan's sister, you know. You're going through all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, you find out, oh, it was a mistake. Oh, it wasn't them. And you're like, hey, buddy, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, well, I, I thought it was, so I, I had all this, and we start to justify why we do things. You get it? So uh, we need to give people the benefit of the doubt. If somebody's short with me, maybe it's just because their day is horrible and they're falling apart. Um, if somebody doesn't return my text immediately when I want it or my phone call, maybe, just maybe, they're dealing with somebody else. Or maybe they just received news from a doctor. Or maybe they, they have something personal that's falling apart. Maybe they just found out at work that they're, they lost their job. And my need to ask them how to get to the Walmart in Outer Swabovia doesn't take precedence there. Are you with me? Um, maybe it's not about me at all. And that's tough for somebody who's such an extrovert like Jack Cohen. <laughs> 
um, to recognize it's not about me. You see, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I want in my life to have a thick skin and a soft heart. But so often in my life, I have a soft skin and a thick heart. Isn't that weird? Remember, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed or renewed by the transformation, the changing, complete changing your mind. You know why? Because in the world, I've got to have a thick skin. Isn't that what you tell them? Isn't that what you teach your kids? Have a thick skin because the world's going to be tough. It's going to be, don't let anybody step over you. Somebody slugs you, you slug them back. Somebody treats you bad, you treat them the same way. Isn't that what we tell them? total counterculture to what Christ says. Christ says, the world's going to hate you because it hated me. But guess what? If somebody slapped you on your one cheek, what do you do? You turn the other. That doesn't, that's not nice. But that's Jesus. And then he says, you know, love those people. Love those who don't love you. Bless those who curse you. Isn't that what he said? I'm not making this up. I don't like it, but I'm not making it up. It's amazing how it happens. Have you ever seen um, a wounded animal or heard of a wounded animal? What do they do? When they're wounded, they will lash out at anything, even if they are your own pet because of the pain. And one of the things I learned in, in a counseling class in seminary was this. Hurt people hurt people. So if you have somebody who's always hurting you, I guarantee you in their life they are hurting. And, you, and we need to stop and recognize it's not about us. You want to know how to help? Start praying for that person. Start praying for that person. Okay, those things I gave to you, right? You got them? I want you to take them out, the, the name tags. And to the person next to you on either side, I want you to label that person with one word. I don't care whether you don't know them or not. Guess. Go ahead. Just do it. There's a, uh, is there any extras? Anybody else need one? Here's another one. Anybody else need one? So just go ahead, bar pen. I want you to just label the person. You guys are like, oh my gosh, I got to do this, you know. Um, go ahead, label somebody. And if you know the person, it'll be more fun. But go ahead and, and do that. Make sure everybody has a label for somebody else. Just by looking at them. And I guarantee you nobody's going to put anything nasty down unless you really know them. Because guess what? Number two of this is I will not label others. Wait, you just told us to. I know, that's part of church. Um, I will not label others. Imagine, I, like I said, imagine if somebody else labeled you. But I thought, why, have, why not have somebody else label you? And we'll go ahead and do that. Okay? So, if you know the person, be honest. Don't be nice. Be honest. Okay? Um, so, some of you are afraid we're going to get into the last couple of weeks. Insecure, inadequate. Uh, controlling, right? Um, need for approval. We're going to get in some of those. But we label people all the time in our lives. Just imagine if everywhere you went, you were or became so, who somebody else labeled you to be. Did anybody get a weird one out there you want to share? You must have been really good. Nobody wants to share. Um, so, yeah, give it to each other. Go ahead and dra- give, it, give it to each other. Go ahead. That's good stuff. And... If we have a fight, um, Tom, can you guys break it up? I mean, we might have that. But think about this. Now let me do something else. If, think about if you went through life, if God labeled you as you should be by your actions. 
If God took you right now and labeled you, if God took Jack Cohen right now and said, Jack, I'm going to label you, and, and he really got to my heart, gave me a heart label, and he said, Jack, you're, you're selfish. Jack, you're, you're a jerk and kind of arrogant at times. Jack, you, you know, you're, you're, you really like the world to revolve around you at times. Jack, you think this is all about you. How would you like to wear those labels around your life? But the cool thing is, because of my relationship with his son Jesus, he doesn't label me that way, but he labels me in the intention that he has for my life. That's what this whole series is about. Becoming who Christ calls us to be, not who we think we are in our image. I think if we really get down to it, I could be Jack the jerk, Jack the liar, Jack the self-centered jerk, whatever. But, you know, in our lives, we do that with other people. We permanently label them. And I could bring somebody in right now. I don't know who it is, but I could bring somebody in, and you guys would have a label for them right now. Yeah, I've got a list of them after today. But, um, you know, we could do that, couldn't we? We could label somebody. There's somebody, at least one, I guarantee you there's billions in your life, that you label good, bad, and, and mostly good and bad, not indifferent. Um, Luke 6, 36 to 37 says this. <clears throat> Be merciful at, just as your father is merciful. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Here we go. You ready for this? Forgive and you will be forgiven. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now, at this point, I got to tell you, there was, there were several pastors when I was in the United Methodist Church. Some I got along with really well. Some I was like, ugh, look out. And there was this one pastor that just carried this kind of air initially. And I didn't even know her. And I'd see her and I'd be like, ugh. And she was on board of her day ministry. I was like, ugh. Here she comes again, flitting around like she's something special. She thinks she's all of that. And I'm the real deal. Right, you know. So, and they make me jump through these hoops. And I know I'm called by God. I don't know who she's called by. But, but. Yeah, they've been there, right? And, and then this weird thing happened. I got asked to be on a committee that she was the head of. And it was a new church start committee. And I never knew her. But when I got to know her, I realized that some things theologically we were very different on. But I got to tell you, I love this person so much. Love them to death. Matter of fact, for the first time in a couple of years, I actually called them and talked to them this week. And, and where other people that were in the previous denomination I was in were like, oh, he did this, he said, turned his back on us. We la- I got a label, believe me. Um, She's just like, that's awesome. I'm so excited. You should, you know, it just, she's so encouraging. Um, we, I had one of the coolest experiences. We went to San Diego and a whole bunch of ministers went to Tijuana. You're talking about something really weird. Ministers in Tijuana. Okay. I'm like, just keep walking, just keep walking, just keep walking, you know. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, I just generally love this person. And I found out that this person is the real deal. And that God called this person. And if we're a little bit different, that's part of the family of God. And I love this person more than I love most of the other people who I thought were I liked. You with me? And so what we find out is when we slap a label on somebody, we write them off to this, this area. There's a, there was a professor 
who, uh, when I took him in college, was a self-professed atheist, read some C.S. Lewis, became agnostic. That's the professor that I've probably been one of the closest to in my life, and he also wrote my letter of recommendation for seminary. But when, they li- when other people labeled this person without getting a chance to know them, they found out that this person was closer to God than they even realized. But when you label people, we never get anywhere. Um, we label people all the time, our spouse, our children, our parents, everybody. When we do, we basically discount God's work in that person's life. That's tough. We basically tell God, this is what that person is and you can't do anything with. Let's look some more. Here we go, a little bit more. Here's the tough one. You ready? Everybody ready? You thought it was tough so far. Here comes the ugly one. Here it is. Now, many of us can say, this is, I will forgive as I have been forgiven. Now, many of us say, okay, Jack, I got the pulling out in the car. I got the person that talks a little bit nasty about me. But what about the big things? I mean, the the big things, the things that have affected my entire life, that's ruined my life, the things that have just, just took me and shredded me apart as a human being that I still struggle with, and they go on, and there's no repercussion for them. What about those? You certainly don't mean those. Let's look at what the Scripture says. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their sins, what does it say? Your Father will not forgive you your sins. This verse stinketh much. I want to go back to the ICV, remember last week? I control version. And I want to get, this would be the first verse I completely remember move out of the Bible. Because there is stuff that has been done to me. And I know to some of you sitting here, that is worse than anything somebody's done to me. And I am justified in, I can talk to anybody in this world. I can go to court. I can do whatever. And people say, you are justified in hating that person. But when I stand in front of God, he says, no, you're not. Because guess what, Jack? If I look at you exactly how you are, you have done more to me than anything anybody else has. And I forgave you. You know, Jesus would say, you know, when I was nailed on the cross, that was pretty bad. You had, you had a crucifixion in your life lately, Jack? Not really, God. Well, guess what? When I was there and I was beaten and my back was shredded and it was against a rough cross and I was bleeding and I had these thorns in my head. And do you remember what I said? I said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. You got anything better than that, Jack? Well, there was that one time that car pulled out, God. And Jesus looks at me and says, no, Jack, I'm the real deal. You're not. Wow. Doesn't that stink? I got other words for it, too. I don't like it. But if I am going to embrace... not embracing the world and renewing my mind and transforming my life to be more like Christ... I have to forgive others who offend, offended me. And i got to tell you, over my life, I have had some vicious and nasty things. I've had people who I thought loved me. I'd move a foot away, and another person they're talking to who really loves me comes and tells me exactly all the darts that were in my back. And they, they've said, I don't know you. It, not here, don't worry. Don't start looking at the people next to you. Um, but, and said, I cannot believe that you didn't hear it. It's probably by the grace of God I didn't because then I would become a little less holy um, because I would have been offended because it's about me, right? 
Jesus said, guess what? You're going to have insults and hardships. Why? Because they hate me and they gave me that. So expect that. We should not be shocked about that at all. I've had people in my life who I consider deep friends. And I know uh, Melissa and I have had deep friends that we thought that just by a move in a church or something, that people came out vicious and hatred and would say things about me and, and my family. I mean, and when I was in Lewis, I had one guy saying stuff about my family to the point, I think I shared this, but the point where I stood up in a meeting and told him to stand up for himself. When I, I went to say stand up for yourself, but I really said stand up. And the, the guy who was the ad council chair thought I was going to hit him. And he said, I'd let you get a couple hits in before I pulled you off. He was, he was an old Delaware State trooper. But you know what I mean? This isn't new to you, right? This isn't just a church. You've had people that say things about you and label you. And it's been people that you've loved and given your life to and, and cared about. One of the things that I've seen, which is the craziest thing, there have been people that I've spent hours with in counseling, hours with loving and nurturing and, and helping them get to a, a strong point. And I've seen them in one second, either bolt or turn on me in a heartbeat when it came to something else. Maybe because I may, they think I may know too much, but I love people. And if you know my brain, I can't remember what I did yesterday. You see, when those things happen, what I realized I had to start doing is I had to start praying for that person. And that stinks almost as much as this verse. Because really I want the prayers like, oh God, bring your wrath and your angels and destroy that wicked, smote that wicked person. You know, that's the kind of stuff I want. But then I start praying for God to move in their lives and become who they are and ask me to help forgive them a lot more. And then, what I found out is the reason when I start praying, the reason why I'm so upset is because I want to start defending myself. But here's something I've recognized. Scripture is very clear of this. God is my defender. I am not my own defender. God is my defender. And here's the other thing. I know the truth. And, what is, and, and the truth is in Jesus Christ. And the truth sets you what? Free. So why do I need to worry about what somebody else thinks when I know the truth? I used to worry about what people thought, why I left the UMC. Stuff. I don't care. I know the truth. And I'm free from it. And God's going to bring his glory wherever that happens. You see, Passover in the Old Testament, what we see is when we know the truth, forgiveness doesn't happen over a period of time. Time heals all wounds, you've heard that. When we pray for that person and we have a godly focus, forgiveness happens now. And Passover in the Old Testament means Passover, the angel death, because of the blood over the door. Anybody seen Ten Commandments? Passed over the sins of those people that brought, should have brought death because of the blood of the spotless lamb, the angel of death passed over. In the New Testament, Jesus referred to as the Passover lamb that because of you and me, what we deserve gets passed over because of our relationship with Christ. And if we have a relationship with Jesus, that's what happens. You know, hurt people hurt people, but forgiven people forgive people. You say, Jack, you don't know what's happened to me. And you're right, I don't, but guess what God does? And here's the thing I'm going to tell you, and it stinks. You and I don't have a right to be mad. We don't have a right to be offended. We don't have the right to win. Because you know why? Because Jesus gave me the benefit of the doubt in my mess. You know how Jesus doesn't label me as I am, but labels me as who he wants me to be. 
And I have been forgiven by him. And therefore, I need to pass on forgiveness to him as well. Look at what these scriptures say down here in Ephesians 4, 23. Be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving each other just as Christ in God forgave you. I'd say there's a relationship that has been broken and you need to just reach out and grab somebody and hug them. And just let that stuff go by the wayside. I've known people who've been so aggravated and so upset, so offended for years, they don't even know what they were offended by. It's forgotten. People don't have a clue. I, you go, you go to, I, knew, I knew a lady who she didn't talk to her son for years. And then her daughter wanted to say something to her about it. And she wrote her off. She ended up having no connection with her children at all. And they don't even remember what it was about initially. But we're talking like 30 years not talking. You have been forgiven by Christ. So just lift him up. I'm going to pray. Jill's going to come up and sing for us now. The altar's open. It's over here today. Um, it's the same altar. And I'd say this is one that kind of hits home, doesn't it? It's not fun. Is it fun? We haven't fun yet? You're, if, you're like, if you're like me, you're making a list of the people that you know are going to offend you, and you're going to have to say, darn it, why did I preach about that? You can hold on to them, um, and you can uh, share if you want. Um, hopefully, they're all good. Anybody get a negative one? So we can label you. Okay, good. We don't need to see that. Please stand where you are right now. Jill's going to sing a song that's, um, that's very important. Um, call, that it's one of the, mo- the most precious songs I've ever heard called Small Enough. And just recognize that what you're going through, it may be small to you, but it may be major to you. But for God, he's small, he cares so much about the small things in your life. Let's pray. Lord God, I know right now that um, I have offended Many people, and I may have offended somebody here today. Um, But God, help me get over being offended. It's not about me. It's about you. And and anytime I place my offenses over somebody else, God, I I place um, my, my image of myself over them. I think more highly than I ought to be. But God, we know that you came, and you who are the Lord of all, King of kings and Lord of lords, became the lowest And humbled yourself and helped me also do that in my life. You forgave me, let me forgive others. And so, Lord, it's not about winning, it's not about being right, it's about being your child. It's about being transformed. I know in this room right now there's some people hurting, there's other people who are just dealing with this whole deal and having uh, problems just releasing it. I know there's somebody else here, God, who may said, you know, I've heard this church thing and I don't even have a clue why I'm here. But something you're telling me is that you're real. Maybe I've said, God, if you're real, if Jesus, you did what you said you did, prove it to me. And today, you're proving that uh, each and every day and in in this this hour together. So, Lord, um, I just ask right now that people, if if there's somebody here, if there are people who are here that just say, hey, I have offended somebody or I'm I'm tired of living this life of of, of offended me, um, just kind of lift your hand and say, God, I just want to go ahead and just... Have you remove this from my life and have me move on to be the child you want me to be. And God, if anybody needs to accept you, let us do that here now. In Christ's mighty name we pray. Amen.